Welcome to McKnight's Newsmakers Podcast, where we share the latest information from industry leaders. So we're here with Stan Spitek, President of Fire and Life Safety, Inc., and a consultant to associations and providers in the industry. And Stan, I know you were presenting at um, ACA and Cal. Um, what was your topic while you're here? We kind of presented a really interesting topic. Um, we presented a program yesterday to the meeting planners for each of the state affiliates. And um, the topic of the, the discussion was having a preparedness plan for conventions, meetings, workshops, and large gatherings. Um, you know, like we're here today in Washington, D.C., a, a large crowd, should something happen, you know, do they have a plan on how to evacuate or take shelter if there was some type of an emergency? And then on Tuesday, I'm going to be presenting to all the state executives and their staff uh, and kind of giving them an overview of the importance of having a plan for our events. I mean, we, we train our providers, whether it's a regulatory requirement or just the best practice, that they've got to be prepared in their buildings, but we need to be prepared at these large gatherings and events. And what's the difference between um, planning for um, skilled nursing versus senior living? Well, skilled nursing, similar to hospitals and 17 different provider types that receive CMS funding, they've got pretty strict uh, and robust emergency preparedness requirements. It was only uh, five or six years ago before the new requirements went into play that there was very little on emergency planning. You had to do a drill, you had to have a plan, but now um, long-term care, uh, particularly in the regulated sector, has got very specific requirements where if they're deficient, they'll get a federal tag for it. Senior living, while several services are very similar, um, whether it's assisted living or independent living memory care, they don't have that federal regulation. But as a best practice, um, you know, emergency planning, it, it's, it's a culture, it's a way of life, and it's an integral part of uh, any community. So if a senior living provider is interested in um, formulating a plan to right. be prepared, um, what's the first step they should take? Well, I think because um, however you want to characterize them, they're, they're the cousins of the long-term care providers. Um, modeling the regulations into a senior living community, such as assisted living or independent living, uh, maybe not to the depth that the regulated environment um, uh, needs to meet, but having a plan, and the plan uh, in today's modern world has to be an all-hazards plan. That means um, the providers, the senior living communities, they need to know what the threats and perils are. And that process is known as hazard vulnerability assessment. Traditionally, people will just approach disaster planning based on where they live. If they're in the Bay Area, on the West Coast, it's all about earthquake. If it's a coastal community, it's all about hurricane. Um, they've got to be prepared for fire, flood, shooter, technology failure, supply chain interruption. So an all-hazard plan focuses on the concept of incident command, who's in charge. And if they're interested in finding out um, what state, what the state uh, might require of them, um, where should they go? Well, they need to go to their states, uh, especially if it's an assisted living or uh, non healthcare regulated uh, facility like a AL, um, they need to go to the state regulations. And typically, most states will have a whole section on emergency preparedness. 
they're not quite as in-depth as the healthcare regulations. Some states like California have got very um, robust regulations. Other states, not so much. So there's a lot of inconsistency with assisted living, emergency preparedness regulations, or independent living. In many cases, they're not even um, recognized unless the provider takes it on, on their own to institute emergency planning. What would be the benefits to providers to taking this on on their own? Well, I think that there's uh, uh, obvious benefits and implied benefits. If I'm considering uh, a community like that for myself or someone else, I'm going to want to know what kind of planning and contingencies you have in place. Um, obviously, when the peril hits, whether it's a tornado, a shooter in the neighborhood, your facility goes on lockdown, there should be no... Um, no one should be unsure. They need to know what to do. And that requires training, drills, and exercises. That's what's required in the long-term care uh, uh, healthcare environment. And that's what I work with um, senior communities and I help them do those same things. So um, you were talking earlier um, before we started um, this podcast about um, emotional recovery. Could you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, whether you're thinking of something like a Hurricane Katrina, the Joplin disaster, uh, the Paradise Wildfire, um, especially being a former firefighter and a fire chief, we think about the response, uh, we think about levels of preparedness, but we underestimate the emotional recovery. And I know people that are in the industry, uh, stakeholders in long-term care, like my friends uh, Lisa Sweet and Lori Porter in Joplin, they were first responders by default to long-term care buildings in that community. And that was over a decade ago, and they're still recovering. So focusing on uh, continuity. Uh, in regulated healthcare, it's a requirement that you've got to plan to continue your, your services during a pandemic during a fire, during a flood, whatever the case might be. But you also have to recover. And recovery doesn't only include having a good vendor like a recovery or rest restoration vendor to pick up the pieces. You've got to utilize your company's uh, uh, EAP, your employee assistance programs, understands that there's going to be PTSD, there's going to be emotional trauma. And as we heard in our keynote speech today when people were talking about where we are with COVID, it's an emotional situation. And so you need to have plans to recover and provide services to your team. Is there anything else you think that uh, our uh, assisted living and, and other senior living uh, providers should know about this topic? Just, just uh, get your ducks in a row beforehand because after a major crisis, you know, I think about the Oklahoma City bombing. And when I visited the memorial a few years ago, that community is still recovering. So there's gonna be a surge of need after the initial event, and it's only gonna be those that have pre-planned um, their, their, their recovery. So having relationships with a good EAP recovery firms, having everything, you know, it's, it's really about having your ducks in a row, like I said. Well, thanks, Stan. That was Stan Spitek, president of Fire and Life Safety, Inc., um, for speaking with us today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for listening to McKnight's Newsmakers Podcast. We hope you'll join us again.